You are listening to Noted, a music and beer podcast hosted by Jeff Burns and Brian Duggar and produced by The Blade. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the seventh episode of Noted in Toledo with Jeff Burns and Brian Duggar. Uh, Since we dedicated our last episode um, entirely around beer, uh, we are going to actually skip our beer segment this week and just focus entirely on uh, this week's guest. And this week we have Rover, uh, Toledo duo, made up of Dean Tartagula and Matt Klein. And before we get into the interview, here is a brand new song by Rover called Flow. Flow by uh, Rover. Uh, it's a little band Rover, and it's a brand new song, and we'll talk about the song in just a minute. But uh, we have Dean and Matt uh, from the band here in the studio. And uh, Dean, Matt, thanks so much for uh, stopping by. I really for appreciate this. For episode seven of Noted and Toledo. Yeah, yeah, episode seven. We appreciate this, man. Thank you for having us. Um, and, you know, before we start talking about Flow, can you just tell me a little bit about Rover? Um, I want to make a point of clarification, too. Something I want to start doing. Yeah. Ro- Rover, R-O-V-R. Yeah. No E. <laughs> R-O-V-R, all caps. All caps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, that's a little, the all caps is a little less important, but yeah. yeah. Rover, R-O-V-R. Yeah. That's our full name now. It's all yeah, just right. a stream of consciousness. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, tell, us about, tell us about the name a little bit and just tell us about um, the span. I mean, this is still... A pretty new thing right i mean you guys announced in january that uh this is sort of a continuation of your former band which we will uh right and we weren't even necessarily planning on announcing it but um someone got a video of us from one of those like pop-up secret shows we've been doing yeah and um it was just seemed like a cool moment that they captured so i went to post it and then people seemed to care (laughs) you know so then we're like let's just start doing this kind of thing but um yeah rover is a um in a way, it's a continuation of Silent Lions, which was the, um, you know, the name that we used to go under. And I feel like, I think we both feel like Rover is a different thing. It's kind of like a different band altogether. Um, different, you know, different themes and maybe a different kind of mindset or, or goal we're trying to get out of it. Um, but, yeah, it just seemed like back in the day, 
um, at the very end of Silent Lines, we were working on some new music, and that was the name of one of the songs. And then um, just kind of maybe thematically that song represented where we were trying to go. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why we, we chose that name. It just And it just seemed to fit, like, you know, again, vibe-wise, like it, it seemed to have the right kind of That song, Rover, from that session was uh, we were working on maybe 10 songs, and that was the one that stuck out, like, when we started jamming together, like this is the way forward. And a lot of the songs that began as Silent Lion songs were kind of chopped up and edited and, and turned them into what became the Rover Future Metal album. So it was that experimentation with Zach Ships, our producer in Detroit, that kind of forms the sound of Rover just from that point. And we're like, okay, this is something new and exciting. Let's really push with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the sound a little bit more. I mean, you, Dean, you mentioned the pop-up shows. So you guys played... A show in January yeah. at Bowl, or, uh, Howard's in Bowling Green, right? Yep. And then you played another pop-up show in March at yeah. the Ottawa Tavern here in uh, and Toledo. And again at Howard's in May. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the we got excited. Again. Yeah. yeah. And, we're having uh, fun. Yeah. But <laughs> the thing is, is like I, Dean, you told me that you guys were playing these pop-up shows, so I was definitely totally interested. So I went and checked them out. And I didn't catch the one in January, but I caught the one in uh, March and then the one in May just a couple weeks ago. And uh, the thing about it, man, is so you guys have these pop-up shows and you also go under a different name when you are for playing the pop-up shows. Yeah, for the pop-up shows. Just to, it's like such a mysterious element. And when I watch you guys on stage, you have such a like such an energy. Um, and Matt, I remember when you guys played at the Ottawa Tavern, um, I think there were probably like, I don't know, maybe 10 people there. Because no one knew, I mean, it was a, an open mic and no one knew about it. But Matt, you mentioned that uh, it didn't really matter that, you know, nobody was really there, that you were still going to, you know, beat the hell out of the drums anyway, as if it was like a huge show. Oh, yeah. And um, you got the sound system behind you. Uh, it's it's like, a, you know, a rehearsal, but pumped up. And, you know, those 10 people there were, were with us. And that was one of the first times we put our set together. And it was really, you know, we really felt it. And that's given us more confidence to try some different set arrangements and we're doing that's different than sight lines too is our sets are a little more dynamic and they interconnect with segues and sounds and samples and that's kind of what we've been trying out uh to perfect some different ideas for these uh, shows I coming think up because you, you said a lot so i'm going to unpack some of that yeah this but the um the biggest sound difference is probably silent lions was based in the tradition of of maybe a 90s alt rock as far as songwriting i felt like it was very verse chorus you know um this is a little different this is more of just like i think we're trying to approach it from a more like a 2018 future forward looking kind of way how pop music is written right now it has nothing to do with verse or chorus it's just hook 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 and that's what we're trying to do and a lot of the hooks maybe come out as like a weird sample but it makes you feel a certain thing that connects back to make the actual like vocal hook stronger we're way more interested in writing with that mm. um and the sounds kind of reflect where you know modern pop music modern hip-hop is at um you know there's a lot of industrial elements to hip-hop again which uh we we both like maybe different we both like industrial elements to music and, and maybe different bands in that, you know. Yeah. Industrial could mean a lot of things. I yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and Dean, I know that you're a you're a pretty big fan of uh, Nine Inch Nails and yeah. uh, Death Grips, right? Yeah. But and Matt, also also Ministry, which I feel like is probably in a way the bridge or the you know foundation for all those kind of bands too. Yeah. 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 yeah because um, 
Nine Inch Nails is like an industrial, right? There's that word again, industrial right. rock. But then Death Grips is, uh, you know, this experimental More like, industrial hip-hop, hip yeah. experimental industrial, yeah. yeah. But Matt, I mean, like, what about you, man? Like, what are you, what are you trying to, uh, you know, take as far as... And we'll talk about the other bands in just a minute that you guys are a part of, too. But uh, when it comes to Rover, man, like, what are some other uh, uh, bands or artists that you sort of, you know, are influenced by? Oh, sure. Um, well, I think... Um Rover for me is is more pushing towards the hip hop side of what I've been doing on the drums uh, that we started with Silent Lions, and um, and also just putting these sets together like an endurance test of songs that are two or three minutes long that are, th- are thrashers versus ones that are moodier and keeping a real steady groove and doing all that in you know just over a half an hour without really stopping and if we do have a quiet moment kind of like reflecting what's going on with me in that 30 seconds of rest I get and uh, being, you know, in my head, um, just trying to uh, become a better performer with some of this stuff too. I'd say our sets are a little more uh, um, cinematic now too. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to explain how yeah. we've been writing too. It, yeah. It's a lot more cinematic than like, you know. Which uh, one of our favorite recent bands uh, last 10 years is Auto Lux and I think they do something similar and Carla is one of my favorite drummers and their sound is similarly uh, atmospheric and very groove based and hook based too um, so they're definitely a favorite yeah and you know if I've mentioned that I play drums several times but Dean what do you do because <laughs> you got to hear this I play bass um, I also trigger samples and um, you know I've always done this thing where it's almost like a piano left hand on the bass right hand on the samples kind of thing huh. when I do a lot of the sample stuff um, but um, I'm also playing saxophone now pretty regularly that's something i was going to say too there, there's yeah. starting to be a, a quite a bit amount of like soul and jazz influence too like it and that's not that different than hip-hop in a way it all comes from the same you know the same thing but that's something i'm really excited about there's been a lot of sax moments and for sure and um even kind of what what matt's doing on the drums kind of more jazz moments too um the and, challenge of doing those sounds is a two-piece and switching <laughs> yeah. back and forth yeah what do you what do you play in an alto or a tenor tenor yeah, nice. I've always I've always been more of a tenor John Coltrane right. kind of guy, um, and then I I rap too. Um, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that's I don't know, that's a whole. If he's the rapper, I'm the female backup singer. <laughs> right, I just love. Right. I want to be Ronnie Spector. Right, so, or <laughs> nice. just you know. Can you throw Can you throw a rap out there right off top of your head? Right no, <laughs> it's not. It's not like that. I mean, cool if you could. <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how polarizing this is to your audience, but um, I I've been it, I'm kind of like creating a weird. Sp- spoken speaking in tongues like weird fake language thing i know you kind of caught that at the show and it's it's starting we're starting to dive down that that well a little bit more so it's more about like um it's a kurt cobain quote that summed up perfectly you know it's like that kind of visceral element to rock music is a universal language you don't have to actually be speaking in anyone's native language for them to get it and i've kind of taken that to the polar extreme just like i'm literally just making up sounds with my mouth to like a rhythm um for some of this like rap stuff and I'm genuinely interested in that, you know, just like seeing how far you can go um, with something that's hooky that people will relate to, even if you're not saying words anymore. There's some recordings we've done where our producer um, took some things I said and he put them in reverse so it sounds like nonsense. And then he cut them up and pitched them in a certain way where it's an actual hook. And then when you like listen and sing it, you're singing these like nonsense words as you're listening to it. And that's way more interesting to me than like trying to come up with like, I'm, I'm not Kendall Kramar, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to ever be good at rapping or being able to come up with stuff or I'm not as interested in, like, trying to have, like, a coherent narrative to it. It's it's way more about, like, vibe kind of stuff. Yeah. So. 
I mean, guys, I want to go back to the pop-up shows. I mean, where did this idea come from? And uh, yeah, what is what is the benefit like to this? Uh, well, I mean, besides just getting us um, a little more experience, like I said, we were trying out different kinds of sets and arrangements of you know what songs go where and work best for us. Um, it's just the excitement to it. It's a little lower pressure situation um, as far as the not the expectation of. Um, you know, marketing a show. I mean, Dean could certainly talk about that, what goes into advertising right. a show and getting... Well, I I feel like for me, Toledo seriously lacks aesthetic nuance and the idea of doing something that's a little more subtle and cool and maybe people don't ever figure out or maybe only a couple of people do. That kind of stuff excites me. Just like that. I mean, this could happen very easily. And, you know, if we were in New York and we had a bigger following and then, you know, 20 30 people figure it out or something but when we did bg three people figured it out and drove out and saw us i mean that's to me that's really cool for toledo i don't think anybody's really done that and um you know even we had left the, some clues on instagram we know. did yeah yeah yeah, yeah um, like coordinates right right yeah yeah but even with um even with the um you know playing under the name plsdk and all the um all the names we play under are songs too <laughs> yeah you know, that's kind of i guess i'm really revealing that now but people you know will know soon enough but you know, even but they've pl- never heard of these songs, so they don't. Right, know. so they don't know exactly. Yeah, yeah. we're just trying to like plant seeds, I suppose, is the best way of saying it. But now people are picking up on it if it's like a weird um, name without vowels, essentially. Like it's probably gonna be us, or you know, if it's like a weird abbreviated version of a name. Yeah, and it obviously stems back to Rover, R O V R, not being spelled out the whole way. So we're trying to, you know, just do something. Um, there's there's like an art form in the presentation for sure yeah let's go into a new song right now let's go into a brand new song uh mfkr um can you tell us uh, a little bit about the song and uh, uh how it sort of came together i i wanted to say the f word 14 times in a song <laughs> no it just seemed like a really cinematic kind of um kind of hook and just to be able to you know like say that in a song has always been has always been like a i've always wanted to do something like that it's kind of gaudy you know? Yeah, this song and flow both came out of uh, early rehearsals when we just started jamming together and just recording our rehearsals, and these stuck out as immediate, like um, almost like transitional songs from what, not quite as experimental as some of the stuff we've gotten into recently. But um, you know, like I said, Dean said about the hooks, and they just you know they showed up as like okay, we're recording these two first. A decision was made, and the sound was. Um, both uh you know heavy and aggressive but still still our laid-back melodic soul vibe too cool cool well here it is here's mfkr brand new song by rover
right, that was MFKR by Rover um, here in the studio, you know, with Dean and Matt. And uh, I was hoping you guys could talk a little bit more about, um, you know, your former band, uh, Silent Lines, and what ultimately made you guys stop in 2014. So um, you guys had a couple of EPs, right? So you guys had the Parliaments and the Compartments. And uh, actually, and the band stopped in 2014, right? Yeah, right. end, end of 14, yeah. End of 14, okay. And actually, <clears throat> I found a, an old article that I wrote uh, back when I was at BGSU, um, and it's dated, and it's for the, it was for the BG News, the campus newspaper, and it's dated December 6th, 2013, and uh, and it was for a preview show that you that Silent Lines was going to perform at Howard's Club H over there in Bowling Green. And in uh, my writing in this is terrible. I'm just shaking my head, <laughs> honestly. But um, I might remember this one. Yeah, but I have... Um, <laughs> Let's see. I have, I have it stated in here. Klein and I hope that this is right. Klein and Tart or uh, Klein and Tartaglia decided to quit Gold. So you guys were in a band called Gold back in the day. Is that this. right? Yeah. So, like, every, I was drumming in like four bands at once. Three. We never <laughs> played in Gold at the same time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I stopped playing actually. right when he started playing. But kind of like yeah. everyone in our friend group played in Gold at one point or another. So that's like, yeah, that's true. But it's like, you know, it's not like it was like a band that we were in making yeah. music together, you know. For sure. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because, you know, I also have it in here uh, that Tartagulus said one of the influences on the band, Silent Lions, comes from the beats and rhythms of hip hop. And this was back in 2013, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I also wrote another story for The Blade last summer in June, June of uh, 2017. And I have... Um, Dean saying, actually, I have the sounding of uh, Silent Lines descri- described as, uh, said, think of the duo sounding like the Black Keys, but on a psychedelic trip on acid with its distorted heavy bass and drums welded into faint vocals. And then I have Dean quoted as saying, yeah, it was, it was primal or something, just hitting the, the drums really hard and yelling into the mic. Um, and, you know, you guys in that band played 150 basement shows in like a span of like 18 months or something. And this is all like, you know, you guys were basically doing all this on your own. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So all the work. Um, there weren't all basements. <laughs> There's a, lot, a of lot of shows. But yeah. <laughs> it wasn't all basements. Yeah. But it's interesting to me because, you know, this article was from 2013 that I mentioned before about you talking about this hip hop, um, you know, sort of being influenced by you guys even back then. And uh, I was hoping you could just tell me a little bit about, I mean, this is five years later that we're talking and now you have this new project Rover it's interesting to me that how this sort of idea or concept is sort of like stuck with you guys and, until right. right now. So I was hoping you could just tell, talk a little bit about, um, you know, being so intrigued by, by hip hop, I guess, industrial hip hop. Yeah. Um, well, that's hilarious that I said that back in 2013. And that yeah. was like, I, I was just really getting into like um, some of the better Earl Sweatshirt tracks that he had been putting out back then. And like, Hip hop was kind of like more boom bap, still influenced by like Tribe Called Quest '90s kind of vibe back then. And now I feel like it's a little, it's just a little more industrial or a little slicker, you know. I think we like both sides of that. I think that helped maybe um, when we brought it back together. Kind of hip hop being way more prevalent and mainstream right now, like culturally especially. I think it kind of helped give us more of like a barometer for where we could go with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, like. I've always played guitar. I realized this recently too. I've guitar kind of has like a rootsy. It's got like a twangy high mid range high mid range vibe to it, and that kind of always has like a. I don't know. It's got like a rootsy Americana country kind of back. Um, story to it, like or kind of a bass to it. There's something about playing the bass 
you know, and the way that feels, that low mid-range and kind of the fuzz to it. For me, that always goes back to just, like, where the roots of hip-hop are. Like, it, it's really, like, a felt thing. You know, when you play an instrument, you, you, you feel the whole thing. And when I play bass, it's, it feels way more like myself, way more rooted, you know. Does that make sense? Yeah, it definitely makes sense. There's a lot more space in the music, too, then. And when you hit those syncopated moments together and lock in, that's where all that, you know, the groove is, so... Um, I'd suppose too that yeah what I'm saying about bass and what he's saying about syncopation obviously with the drums I think that's you know most of hip hop right there so I think the things that we like most about our instruments happen to be the things that are the most defining elements of hip hop and it just kind of got to a point where I mean we we were with Silent Lions again it was more about like just like traditional songwriting but um, we were always trying to do more of a hip hop kind of sound to it you know like those kind of sonic elements to it um, but then when we were kind of able to maybe, like, get rid of the idea that we had to be doing the Silent Lines thing, having to sound that way, it kind of freed up the idea of doing exactly what we wanted to do and, and thought we were best at. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, I, obviously, there's always going to be rock influence to it, because that's just how we came up. Um, but it's it, it's definitely more of, like, a, it's a lot more of a felt thing now, you know, having, like, direct hip-hop influences and feeling like, um, we're a little more in that world now and um, you know I'd, especially where we're starting out with the first couple of songs we're putting I think we're going to go way more in the kind of experimental hip hop direction that, that seems like the trajectory already so yeah listening to you guys talk about this I'm really curious what a, uh, a writing session looks like for you guys um, well a lot of the, the songs are you know I'm sure like most bands the bare bones of them just come out in like a spontaneous jam and you know in 15 minutes you've got 75 90 percent of a song and uh, just going back and hitting those arrangement details and really um or whether we take them home and kind of cut them up at home and bring them back with fresh ideas that way but uh yeah it's just the two of us reacting off each other dean's making samples on the fly sometimes get an idea we've got a little sampler it kind of looks like a cassette player almost you just hold it up to the amp or the piano or the instrument or the drum kit and we could sample my drum kit in the room and then play it back as part of the track so I think that spontaneity uh, keeps it exciting for us too, rather than um, a I think, traditional. I think you know, like a I, nowadays, I feel like a hook or something that's licensable for television movies. It's just like you know, right away, it has a certain feel to it. It just feels good, and um, in, instead of maybe trying to come up with the best idea on paper, like a best written song on paper, we're just really focused on does this feel really good right when we start playing it, and that's you know, we, we've written a lot the past eight nine months that we've been doing this again um so you know it it definitely is all that kind of vibe just like it could be a a well-written song or a catchy song that doesn't necessarily matter nearly as much it's just like this feels really good you know we can tell that because we'll start performing in in the rehearsal space like it's a show you know right 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 whether he's stalking around in a circle and I'm, you know <laughs> swinging my arms or you know just headbanging if, if that's it's feeling good we know it's something to move forward with yeah it's interesting to me because um i mean like i said earlier like you guys are in different bands uh you're not just in rover uh matt i mean you're in twin frames which is like this indie pop Mm -hmm. type band yeah definitely uh, more pop rock yeah hooks and and, uh, yeah and and dean you're in secret space and i mean these are two bands that are totally uh different uh than rover and so it's interesting to me like you know when you sit down and you're like "Hmm, are we gonna write a song today like is this how am i gonna make this sound okay this is a rover song this isn't a twin frame song or this isn't a secret space song like i don't know it's interesting to me like how you sort of differentiate or how you decide like 
yeah, this is a Rover song. I don't, I don't think this is a secret space. I just song. don't think those ideas ever enter the practice space, if that makes sense. Like, it just yeah. always seems to be Rover ideas because that's where we're at mentally when we start a rehearsal. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring in anything secret spacey, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and all the bands are very different. I think most musicians that are still doing it, uh, um, as long as we have or at our age or in multiple bands because they have multiple passions of music and can't necessarily fit them all in one band as many as that rover fits in that we've been talking about mixing genres there's still other things we like to explore songwriting wise right right so what's the game plan for a rover i mean what's the what's the long-term goal yeah like i know that you guys just played a show um at frankie's on on tuesday night um drop two music videos yeah 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 but i mean what yeah i mean are you guys planning on playing you know a bunch of shows are you gonna announce a bunch of shows are you gonna plan on uh touring even i I really i truly don't think on those terms anymore i think it's a much better model to just like um put your music out there meet the people that you know you want to meet with it and then just kind of go from there that's the one thing with silent lines i think i learned that you can tour a ton and like in one aspect, it, it was almost like putting on airs. It looked like we were doing a, a lot because we were doing a lot, and maybe the perception that we were doing a lot more than any other band. But it didn't necessarily like get us as much as maybe if we would have just like you know done things a little slower, for maybe sure. Waited and, and see and see what happens. And um, you know, like I, I obviously have met a lot of people over the years, and um, I think it, it's. It's not a linear path being a musician. It's not like you just start something and then you're here, and then the next time you're here, there's a lot of lateral movement. There's a lot of up and down. Like my, I, I, you know, this. My first thing I did was tour with Tenacious D. Which yeah. is statistically, probably going to be the biggest thing I ever do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not trying to like beat that every time when I do something else. It's just about creative fulfillment more than anything at this point. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, and uh, I guess before we start wrapping this up, I want to ask you guys if. Um, in January, um, was it January when you guys actually played the first show in like three years? Yeah, together. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, I want to ask, and I was curious. Um, did you feel any kind of like with Rover? If we're talking about this sort of being a continuation of the ideas that you know sort of surrounded Silent Lions, but different. Did you feel any kind of pressure? Do you feel any kind of to to sort of I don't know live up to the hype or is this what people are going to like or um i don't know were you nervous about continuing to play together i I personally i wasn't like i don't have any pressure about what we should play and i don't have any pressure about i feel like we're doing this very low-key you know which i i prefer as opposed to being like they're back you know what i mean here we go like sidelines point 2.0 or whatever i'm way more interested in it just being like you know this is good we like doing this we know people will catch on eventually we know it'll be as big, probably bigger than what Silent Lines was eventually, you know, if we keep putting out good music and keep just following our instincts. Um, and that first rubber show, and, you know, really everyone we've done since has just been like, it just feels really good to do, you know, and it, it feels, it's very, for me at least, it's very, very comfortable to, like, um, putting all these elements together and then just kind of, it's a little less performance based maybe than silent lines was or i don't want to say that necessarily like mm-hmm. rock performance high energy it's a little more yeah it's, it's just different yeah it's just different more cinematic or something um it's just a different different approach yeah but, definitely no pressure like that it's just maybe the pressure i would put on myself in that situation to you know play the best show and really you know there was um we've learned a lot of you know we put it together pretty quickly to start playing in january 
um, having just learned and being excited about playing new songs. So you really want to pull those off in the best way possible with, you know, the confidence that you're still uh, just once that energy's there, it kind of any pressure goes out the window. You're just having fun. But well, since we're not DIY touring all the time, too, it's almost better that, you know, that each show really will be our best as opposed to, you know, yeah. being dead tired after being out for three weeks. And then maybe some of the shows aren't, you know, and that's different than like touring on a support tour. You're a little more comfortable, like truly is just like roughing it when you're three weeks into a DIY tour and you can tell that you get better, you know, you get experience, but um, there's a, there's a healthy medium for sure. You know, if someone hasn't seen Rover before and they kind of stumble upon you guys at one of these stop pop-up shows, I mean, so what are they going to see when they come on and see your show? That's a that's a good question and like mm. and, <laughs> and hard to describe. Um, I just think we have a certain kind of focus. More than anything, I think that's what we're really like a musical focus. We're really trying to trying to put out there. Um, and it's it's pretty dark. It's pretty. Um, I don't know. Jeff can probably maybe describe this better. I can't watch myself when I'm playing. Yeah, you can probably, uh, you know least, what I mean? It's not like heavy and dark and sad or anything, but there's a certain kind of like... Well, I mentioned earlier, there's just so much energy, man. I mean, you have Dean up there that's like in this trench coat, you know, <laughs> with these, you know, just walking around just with, you know, it, it, it is hard to describe. And then Matt's over there just killing the drums. There's a good it. contrast to what we're doing. Dean's kind of the... Uh, Mad scientist vibe. Yeah, mad scientist would be yeah. a good one. Yeah, I try. You say energy too, and I want to differentiate. It's not like I'm jumping around and and going crazy or anything. It, it's like a very focused, like kind of like a stalking energy or something. Like I, you know, slowly walk around the stage looking at people. You know, it's like a very for me. I, I it's like just a very intense, visceral um, kind of extra expression that I'm trying to put forward. Like um, I don't know, everybody. Everybody wants to be very serious about certain aspects of their life or serious about how they feel about certain things. And that's always been music and art for me. So that's kind of my 30 minutes of expression that I get to do of like being absolutely like as just kind of serious and focused as I can. And um, I think that more than anything is what people um, take away when they see the shows. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys mentioned a couple of videos that you filmed the other day. Uh, so where do people find your music and the videos? And um, Spotify um, videos are on Facebook, also on YouTube. Um, mo yeah, mostly just pushing Spotify because that's where everything's at nowadays. That's what people listen. Apple Music as well. I know some people. Yeah. Some people do that. Cool, man. Um, and uh, before we wrap this up, we're gonna end this with uh, uh, Rover's song. Everybody started listening. Uh, which is off of uh, Future Metal. Um, and would you refer to that as a an EP or a, an album? I just like calling them albums or projects. Yeah, okay. Because it's got a, th a through kind of vibe to it, you know, from start to finish. And the, to me, that's what a, an album is. For sure. Know. Yeah, and Future Metal was released uh, actually in January of this year. Right? January of uh, 2017. Oh, really? We, yeah. we kind of low-key dropped it then. And then we added everybody started listening as the first track in 2018 and re-released re it. Okay, yeah. a re-release. Okay. Um, well, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, or tell us a little bit about the song, Everybody Started Listening, how it came together, and uh, just a little bit about it. That was one of the in-studio experiments. Yeah, um, it was. Um, it was actually the end of an old Sight Lion song. We kind of just tacked on like a, a bass and a synth line. And um, then, you know, in the downtime after Sight Lions, before we were doing Rover again, um, I was just messing around with the idea. Um, I was going up to our producer, Zach Ship's 
studio in Detroit every once in a while. We were working on other stuff too, but um, that was just kind of sitting there, and I just kind of it was my attempt at like actually trying to rap and like have some kind of what would my flow be if I if I was rapping in a project. Um, so that's kind of where where it started from, and you know, it's just like it's just the the verse I even rap in is maybe like forty five seconds. You know, it's just like very concise. Maybe my uh, you know mission statement for what I want to achieve with that or just it kind of sets the tone for the album and, and the group in general um, very very spooky like very Earl Sweatshirt Brockhampton that whole that whole scene of stuff. we've got a video for this one as well yeah we do we do cool well here it is here's everybody started listening uh, from Rover's album Future Metal and everybody started listening when I had nothing to say at all and everybody started listening so I decided to play it off I kinda knew what I was going on I kinda knew what I was showing off And everybody started listening Like I had nothing to say at all Sinister, sinister, simple out of spoken word Judging something relative to something sense in his perspective shattered As if a better being doesn't matter As a close rest is head Chilling on the sun is dead a perfect match of flicker light ahead of the fight is hard enough without a herd of heretics to track the tricks and track your shit. It's massively accurate, adequate, adequate, after it. And back accent it, and the adversity out of tax, set it after the events. Keep cash for the caskets, can't stop a water gap for the full gasket. 17 to keep its own approval. A butter, someone tries to take your life away from you, fight them. If someone tries to take your name away, it's self destruct Jeff, how cool is that, man? I mean, those are, you know, you get some guys in here, and you might not be able to tell whether they work at, like, uh, Best Buy or an office or whether they're a musician. These guys walk in here. They they look like uh, rockers, man. They have that, yeah, man. It's in their skin, dude. It's just they have that whole look going on. Got the cool vibe. So, anyhow, so that is episode seven. Next week, we are going to do a complete 180, and we are going to have the Cedar Creek Worship Band in here. Um, don't know if you're familiar with the uh, Cedar Creek story, but many years ago, probably about a decade ago now, maybe even longer, you know, they started this church in a uh, auditorium of the Perrysburg mm, Junior High, I think, the old Perrysburg Junior High, and, you know, it was just maybe like 100 people or something. And the big attraction of the church was that their music, they would do this music that was different than most traditional churches in the sense that it was almost like a rock band. They'd put a full band up there with, like, uh, electric guitar, acoustic, uh, bass guitar, keyboards, and they would even play secular music to an extent. I mean, the music would have to have a, a message behind it, but, but it really kind of helped draw people in. And, and now Cedar Creek, they are on five campuses, 
the church in Perrysburg has, it's a huge church. It, you know, I think it can seat at least 1,000, 2,000 people. And, wow. And, you know, one of the big reasons of its growth, I mean, it's this worship band. So anyhow, these guys have some new music coming out, and they're going to come in and talk to us about it. And I'm excited yeah. to see what they have to say. And like I said, it's complete 180 from what we yeah. heard here <laughs> Hey, man, I'm but, excited about it. So It'll be cool. So that'll be Episode 8, and uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah. Talk to you guys next week. Thanks.